Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, July 26th, 2021. Well, we have reached that day of the year where as we read through the Bible, I like to say that classic line from the Princess Bride, Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. And I say that because we arrive at the passage in the New Testament that addresses marriage, kind of the longest instructive passage that we have in the whole Bible that speaks directly to husbands and wives. And so as we come to this passage, but once a year, I want us to think about it. And I want to speak even today to those of you that are wives, to those of you that are husbands, and even to those of you that aren't married, as we consider Ephesians 5, uh, chapter uh, 15, or verses 15 through 31. And as we do that, I even want to start by addressing those of you that aren't married. Uh, Don't just turn off the podcast today and say, well, this doesn't apply to me. Let's actually start. We're we're starting in verse 15. So we start before um, we get to really the passage on marriage. And in verse 15, it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if you are not married... Uh, consider your own life and what is said there in the beginning. How can you make the best use of the time because the days are evil? Maybe some of you are have never been married and, and you'd hope to be uh, someday. Uh, well, are you making the best use of that time in your life? Maybe some of you are are widowed or divorced and, and not married. Well, whatever season God has you in, are you making the best use of that time? And, and we get some instruction on how to make the best use of our time. It warns us against the danger of drunkenness, that no matter what stage of life you are in, that's a great way to waste your time, to waste your time with drunkenness and debauchery, but a great way to Fill your time is by being filled with the Spirit. And I want you to notice that being filled with the Spirit kind of leads to things that relate to other people. And even that we're giving thanks and we're addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, if you are not married, consider the relationships you do have with others. Are they filled with kind of speaking uh, scriptural truth to one another? Or are you a thankful person, where wherever God has put you? And are you submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ? So starting with those of you that are not married, are you making the best use of your time? And especially if you are not married, but you would hope to be, well, as we talk about husbands and wives, consider really 
at the character qualities involved and can consider that, hey, these are the things that you should be developing now. And even if you think you'll never be married or never married again, still, uh, there's something to learn in the picture that God has from marriage as it is really a call to sacrifice and a call to die to ourselves, which is not just a call for married people. That is the call of the Christian life, that we would deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Christ. And next, the passage gets to the wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, those are strong words, and let's just be upfront about it. They're strong words that our culture does not like, and not even just a little bit, a lot. Our our culture hates the words there in that passage. And it is good for us to remember that this call to submission is not a call to to be a doormat, to never uh, say what you think. I mean, there's a lot of ways, even though some in the name of Christ have maybe abused this passage and even in some ways use that to support a, a way where women are mistreated. And certainly that is not in what is in God's heart, but we want to get into what is in God's heart. And it's very clear. God is calling wives to submit. That means to place themselves under the leadership, under the authority of their husbands. Now, now, if you are a wife, I want you to ask yourself, are you doing that? And really, we shouldn't get around that question. And if your first thought is, well, he or, well, this, no, how's that going to work when you stand before God someday? He is calling you to submit to your husband. And he's even calling you to do that uh, by thinking of Christ, submitting to your husband, even as you would submit to Christ. And so uh, even that's hopefully maybe a helpful thing to you because nobody listening to this podcast, if you're a wife, has a perfect husband, not one. And so there's going to be difficulties that come in submitting to your husband. Some of it will be presented from your own flesh because you don't like that because we all want to be the masters of our fate. And some of it will come from there. There's times where your husband might not be doing the best thing. And so how can you do that? You have to look past your husband and see Christ, that he is in control. And even the the husband is supposed to be a a provider and a protector and a lover, right? All of these things. But it's good for us to remember that the the husband will not be perfect in any of those things. And all of those things, ultimately, we should find in Christ. And even wives, ultimately, your provider, your protector, your lover is Jesus Christ. Christ. And if you're looking for those things in perfection from your husband, you will never find them. Uh, Not at least in perfection. The only place you will find those things perfectly is in Jesus Christ. So look to him ultimately for those things. And that will help you to be less disappointed or frustrated even in the failures of your husband. Now, husbands, let's talk to you for a bit. And if anybody thinks that this passage is somehow tougher on wives than it is on husbands, well, then you haven't read or you haven't understood what it's calling husbands to do. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. 
So there it says to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Let's just remember, how did Christ love the church? He was crucified for the church. He gave himself up for the church. So husband, if you were if you were kind of, uh, I like this part about submission, well, wake up now because God is calling you to love your wife with a self-sacrificing love that models the love of Christ that he showed for you when he died on the cross for your sins. The call to be a husband is a call to die. That is what the Bible says. So husband, I want you to think, are you dying every day for the sake of your wife? Or are you being selfish and thinking, well, if God has put me in authority, I'm going to make the shots and I'm going to do what's best for me. Or are you thinking every day, what is the best for my wife? And if that costs me, if that demands sacrifice from me, I'm all in because Jesus was all in for me. And there's another way it tells husbands to love their wives. It says, love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. When we did an event with our men earlier this year, talking about spiritual leadership in the home, we talked about a couple errors, a couple sides the Christian husband can fall off. And one is, you know, the leadership abdication, that you give up the leadership in your home. And that's not right. God, even in this passage, talks about the husband being the head of the home. No, God has called you to lead. But on the other side, there is this very, very dangerous uh, error of male domination. And that's how you try to lead. And that's clearly not what this passage is saying. Leading by sacrifice and then really loving your wife like you love yourself. This idea of nourishing and cherishing your wife, not being harsh with her, not doing anything that would feel like you hate her, but that you love her, you nourish her, you cherish her. Husbands, do your wives feel that from you? If I could ask them, do you feel nourished and cherished by their husband? Would the answer be yes? Or is it just, no, my husband just likes to tell me what to do. That's not what God has in mind when he calls husbands to lead in their homes. And so all of us, whether you are single, whether you are a wife, whether you are a husband, God has given you some things in this passage this morning. And the Bible is like a mirror. Look in the mirror this morning and examine your own self and really spend some time talking to God uh, as you look in that mirror and seeking him to help you grow, whether as a single person, as a wife, or as a husband. Well, let's briefly look at our other passages today. Let's start with 2 Chronicles 13 through 15. And here we see some good examples from the kings Abijah and Asa. And Asa starts well. He doesn't finish so well. But hey, that that we don't read about that till tomorrow. So let's look at the good examples today. And I, I'd like to actually focus in on this example of Abijah, where he is going to battle against Jeroboam, the king of the, the northern kingdom. And he gives this speech, really, where he talks about, hey, the northern kingdom, you've rejected God by constructing these golden calves. You've driven out the priests. God is going to help us. And then after this speech, this ambush comes up. 
And I don't know how many times maybe you felt like that, where you feel like, all right, I'm trusting God, let's go. And then as soon as you do that, it's like, boom, an ambush pops up. And it's like something comes out of nowhere, even more than what you were expecting it to do. And you feel like, what's going on? I love how their faith remains strong. And it said in verse 15, God defeated Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Do we really trust God to fight our battles for us? And do we seek him? Do we trust in him? And that's really what we see in the beginning days of Asa. They make a covenant to seek the Lord and they show that they trust in him. Well, it's a Monday morning. Monday morning is a great time to be ambushed in your spiritual walk. Well, don't let that ambush shake you. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep trusting in him today. Let's look now at Psalm 88. Even as we consider that trust in God, we started Psalm 88 on Saturday and we saw it's a prayer for help. Verse three says, my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. Well, now we read the rest of the the Psalm today. And again, it's more of just this pleading with God and even he's asking God to help him so that he might honor God. Look at verse 10. It says, do your Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? He's trying to say, I want to praise you. If I'm dead, how am I going to do that? But he's clearly bringing his longings to God. Verse 13, but I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? And so there we see, even when you feel ambushed, keep going to God. And even our our faith It's not going to be something that's easy. It's not going to be something that comes without a struggle. So go to God today. Continue to seek him even when you're low. Say, God, no, in the morning, my prayer comes before you and go to God today. Well, finally, we wrap up in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. And again, this is probably the most familiar of of the parables of Jesus Christ that we get to eventually in this passage, the parable of the sower. And we read about the four different soils. And as we do that, may you, one thing, it might be good to check our own hearts. I love the line where it talks about the thorny soil. And it says that, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. Uh, Check ourselves as our desire for God being choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Uh, But also may we pray that our churches, as we sow the seed of the gospel, uh, that we would find the good soil and reap a harvest for God. But as we do that, may we be living life as God has called us. So again, whether you are single, a wife, or a husband, look in the mirror of God's word, spend some time talking to God, and may he grow us all today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And wav, two wav, will follow you forever.